This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast. What's good, everybody? Welcome into another edition of a weekend bet and breakfast. We got day two NBA stuff. It's me, Donovan Smoot. Got the homie Peter Dewey. Peter, what's going on, man? Bro, I'm doing good. We had some good, great, great playoff games yesterday, honestly. Outside of the, the, the Sixers game was a little bit of a blowout. But other than that, some really good games last night. Uh, it was fun to watch Steph come back. Just all in all, I think, like we were talking about yesterday, like playing into the playoffs was like very good momentum of like great start for the NBA. Like there was no like clunker games. All the stars pretty much played really well. So I'm excited for today. I think we got some even better matchups on, on the slate today for sure. Yeah, I think, listen, I'm right there with you. I think today, today's slate of NBA games are going to be great. We're going to take you guys through all of the games. We're going to recap yesterday. Obviously, you know, we're going to hit you guys with our best bets for today. But here's where I want to start. Because yesterday was very, very interesting for one thing. All of the young guys were hooping yesterday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anthony Edwards, his he has his playoff debut. He goes for 36. Ja, in a losing effort, he goes for 30. Seemed like he was getting whatever he wanted at, at the rim at will. Tyrese Maxey puts the city of Philadelphia on his back. Right? Jordan Poole ends the night with with the 30 Mm -hmm. piece like which one of those performances was your favorite and then even moving forward out of all of them who's going to be the best oh all right I'll start so last night I texted you this so I'll start my favorite was uh it had to be Tyrese Maxey because I texted you last night and I said he might be the second best player on the Sixers and you're like I don't know if I'm ready to to be out on James Harden but that dude I mean he was fantastic yesterday like if he plays like that, like I know we both talked yesterday how like the Raptors can win this series, and I still think they can. But if Tyrese Maxey plays like that, they definitely can't. Like they if he's gonna score 30 points that efficiently, he's hitting threes from 35 feet, he's getting to the rim at will, finishing through contact. Like they didn't need, need like Embiid to go crazy yesterday. He played great, but like it was just Maxey killed them, and then like Harden did get his, like he hit a couple threes. Late in the game, he got to the rim, but um, I mean, it that was it was the Tyrese Maxi show. Like they they were going crazy. They were chanting Maxi the entire second half. Basically, it was wild. Um, that was probably my favorite performance. But I think the the most impactful one I'd say is Jordan Poole, just because I think how well he played. Um, like the Warriors are a title contender, dude. Like they are a legitimate like title contender with him, Steph, and Clay, and so. I think the Jordan Poole performance to me 
is like the one that you can see like going forward. I'm like, okay, like if he plays like this, like they're going to be an impossible out. I don't know if Maxi keeps playing like that, but it was very fun to watch. So I'm intrigued what you what you think for sure. Okay, so if, if we're just talking about my favorite, my favorite was Maxi. Okay, my my favorite was Maxi. There's just something. There's something about like, and it's weird. I'm not comparing him at all to this to this guy, but like when Steph goes off at home, it's just different, right? Like it, mm-hmm. when when Steph is going on, it's, it's just different. Even when Embiid is going for forty, or if Harden finally decides to have a great game, it seems like. Philly doesn't Philly doesn't have their hands wrapped around a player like they do with Tyrese. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels so much more fun. He's so much younger. Everyone's like, oh, it's just he's the young kid. Like we're just gonna you know have fun support him. So that was that was like my my favorite was, was Maxi going off. Even though that I picked the Raptors to win that game and they completely you know <laughs> did you know every. By the way, I went 0 for 4 yesterday. Terrible way to start the playoffs. But it's okay. Bounce back days happen. Bounce you know, minor, minor setback made your comeback. My what I think is going to be the best. I do think that I think that out of those four, Ja is going to be the best. Okay. Moving yeah, forward. I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Because even in that up and down game, like Ja was getting his whenever he wanted at the rim. And and even I thought that he could have had more because I think that early on in that game, Minnesota was being very, very physical with him. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really calling it. Um, I think he was still adjusting to like to playoff basketball a little bit. But if he starts to figure out, okay, this is where I can get my spot in the playoffs. This is where I can go. Or if he, you know, d- develops that range from outside, yeah, I think Ja's gonna, gonna be him. Like if I had to rank him, it would, from yesterday it would be Ja and Pool and then Maxi. Okay, um, I I don't but, disagree with that. Yeah. I think Ant's I think Ant's ceiling is extremely high that they, you make a great point about Ja though. Like they roughed him up yesterday. I just don't know how much longer he can go in this series playing with like that reckless abandon. Like he's going to get beat up and we know he already had the knee issue coming into the playoffs where like he missed a bunch of games the regular season. So that worries me a little bit, but uh, more so for the, the Memphis side of things, just like, I know Ant was cooking yesterday and I know Cat was doing Memphis didn't play a lick of defense yesterday compared to what I expected. Like, they couldn't defend anybody. So like, that's part of the reason why I think the Maxi performance was so impressive because I didn't think the Raptors played great defensively, but he was also just making like tough shot after tough shot after tough shot. Like it was, it that it was crazy, man. I can't, I can't get over it. that third quarter he had was just it was it was electric. Like that was like that was you make a great point about like the crowd getting fired up too because it was like that was like the one of those playoff performances where it's like, just give this guy the ball and get out of the way. And it's like, I can't yeah. believe I'm saying about that, about year two Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> like exactly. I never expected I'd be saying that in a playoff game. No, nah, like there's a, there's a very, very specific reason why they were like, you can take anybody else. You can, you can take Seth Curry. You can take Andre Drummond. Who, who cares? But like, you can't take Maxey away from us. Cause it's going to be for, for games like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I want to throw in there. For today, he didn't play yesterday, but he plays today. That I think will be in that conversation moving forward, and is honestly the best right now. Is Trey Young? Oh yeah. And so I think I think Trey I think Trey's gonna if we add him to that pool of those four players, I think Trey ceiling is is gonna be the highest. I, I think he's already the best. Just his combination of like of shooting, passing, he's top five in points and assists. You know, led the like league. He's, led the exactly. league this year in totals. 
Crazy. Exactly. So like if he can if he can be there and it's going to be very interesting and we'll get into it later um, when we start, you know, when, when we break down the games. But seeing what Trey Young is going to be able to do on a, on a playoff stage for a second straight year, that's going to be super, super interesting. Um, but I want to get to the games from yesterday. We've talked about it a little bit. I want to start. I want to start in in Memphis mm-hmm. because I think that was the that was the one of the more interesting matchups yesterday. Obviously, I said I went over four. I thought Memphis was going to sweep, and Minnesota <laughs> just came out on fire. Ant was killing them. Cat, they had no answer for for Car Anthony Towns. Jaren Jackson got into foul trouble. What do, one? Do you think it, this is sustainable for Minnesota? And two, where does Memphis go from here? Yeah, so the first thing, the sustainable, I had said yesterday I thought they could get it to six. I, I still 100% think that. The thing for me is Minnesota came out and they punched them in the mouth. They made everything in the first quarter. I think they shot over 60% in the first quarter. So, like, that to me isn't isn't sustainable. But at the same time, like, Ant and Cat have a big games. Like, they led the league in points per game. They take the most threes in the NBA. They make the most threes in the NBA. They don't shoot the highest percentage. But, like, this is how they play. And so – the thing that frustrated me, if, I, if I'm a Memphis fan and, and a Memphis better yesterday, is just Memphis, the defensive effort wasn't there. They're sixth in the league in defensive rating, and it just wasn't there yet. They gave up way too many easy baskets, especially in transition. And, like, you knew the Wolves, again, we talked about this on the show yesterday, Wolves play at the fastest pace in the NBA. And Memphis, like, was, like, lackadaisical getting back, where it was, like, the Wolves were, like, we're going to get the rebound, we're going to go. And they were just getting open looks from three. Like, it was Malik Beasley. It was Jaden McDaniels. Like, Ant was getting some good looks. Where, like, Russell was just pushing the ball in transition. And Memphis was kind of like, we got two guys back and everybody's trailing the play. And, like, they're not going to win if they do that. So, transition defense is the first spot I think they have to fix because that's how you can get Minnesota out of their game. You have to make them play in the half court. They don't want to play in the half court more often than not. So, that's the way I think you limit them. And, like, you have to force – I, Ant was fantastic yesterday, but you, like, you have to force him and D'Lo to play in the half court and take contested tough jumpers. Like If you're letting them get easy buckets in transition, you're limiting the amount of times they have to take those shots. And then when they make them, it's like a backbreaker. So that, for me, was the biggest takeaway I had. I don't think like Memphis is out of this by any stretch of the imagination. Like This is, this is just two, I think, very good offensive teams. It's going to be a good series. But yeah, I was shocked by the defense they they just didn't they didn't defend the entire game like even in the fourth quarter and crunch time like minnesota was getting whatever they wanted they were just like okay we'll, we'll get a dunk we get like beasley had the wide open dunk when they were up eight then mcdaniels gets the three the dagger like they got whatever they wanted yesterday so memphis got to tighten up on that side of the ball yeah i and so the two things that, that stood out for me was one what you just said is that they were just letting them go up and down and mm-hmm. the eff- the effort wasn't really there. I didn't see a lot of a, a lot of adjustments from Memphis because even even in the second half, after Ant had about like twenty five, and he's cooking from outside. Why are you still going under the screen? Why are you still letting him shoot every single time? And you're just giving him all the space to set up and and launch these threes. And so that was one. Two, Jaron Jackson got into foul trouble, and I know like that that's been an issue with him in the past. And so it's like it's not something that. It's not something that you can just write off. Mm-hmm. But, yo, if Jared Jackson stays on the floor, if he doesn't get three in the first, you know, X amount of minutes and now he has to sit for the rest of the first half and can't really play in the second half, then I think this game looks a little bit different because 
I thought I thought that Steven Adams would have done a better job than what he did. Not like lockdown cat, but I mean a, a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Obviously, like you want Jaron Jackson there to to play cat because he, you know, just speed wise, he can he can move around with him a, a little bit more. That's the one thing that I'm wondering is is Jaron Jackson going to be able to stay on the floor? And I think that if he is, then then Memphis can can get this and kind of wrap things up and start playing defense the way that they wanted to. It felt like they were scrambling the whole time, mm-hmm. and so I'm not I'm I'm not sure that I'm gonna like bank on Memphis. Uh, not not Memphis. I'm not gonna bank on Minnesota, just you know scoring 41 points in every first quarter. But it is something to to think about when you talk about how fast that they play and being able mm-hmm. to slow them down and having a potential defensive player of the year on the floor. No, yeah, I agree 100%. It's really going to come down to, like, like Memphis got punched in the mouth yesterday, and they responded, and they brought it back in the second quarter, but I think it took a lot out of them to get – I mean, they went down, what, 13, 14, like, real quick. It was, like, 30 to 17. So that's that's the adjustment. But Taylor Jenkins has done a good job with this team the whole year. So I don't don't think it's like a – like, there's sometimes when you see something happen in a series and you're like, ah, that's a tell. Like, they're not going to be able to compete. I think they're going to be fine. They, they'll they score with them. They just – you can't you can't let them just get easy transition baskets time and time again. Yeah, so – I and so, yeah, so I, I think that Memphis is going to be fine. They, they'll probably move on to the next round. If they do, they'll most likely play the Golden State Warriors in, in the second round. That matchup is going to be crazy, especially – and we talked about it earlier with Poole. Yo, if Poole's going, and if Poole's scoring thirty, and if Steph can get back to a healthy level, this is this is scary. This is scary, right? Like I don't I don't know if 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 Poole's going, I don't know if there's if there's a team in in the West that can stop him. And even though that I picked the buck, even and even though that I picked the Bucks, if Poole is on his game, and obviously like I'm not asking him to score thirty a night, but if he's going and Steph is going, they I, I think they might get the chip, maybe. I could see it. I could see it. I, I said a lot yesterday on the show, and I tweeted it yesterday, and Jordan Poole is the best I, number three that's not Kevin Durant on the Warriors. Is, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you texted it to me, too. You've been pushing this agenda very yeah, heavily. I mean, dude, he is. Like, he is. Like, he's just – his – and the the thing is, it's not just scoring. Like, there were – like, I, one of my uh, – Somebody, I forgot if they responded to me on Twitter or somebody texted me and they were like, they're like, this is a little disrespectful. Or somebody DM me on Twitter and they're like, this is disrespectful to like 2015 Harrison Barnes. And I was like, dude, Harrison Barnes wasn't creating for other guys though. And like making his own shots. Like, yeah, Harrison Barnes was great off the ball. Like with Stephen Clay, like Jordan Poole is like facilitating the offense. They didn't start Steph last night because they're trying to ease him back in. And like Jordan Poole is like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Like I, he is very, very good. And so that for me, like I'm debating putting a future on the Warriors after watching that game. Like if Steph is healthy, because he looked good. I, he didn't have a lot of touch around the rim, I think. And he was like, you could see him during the game. He kept like doing this after he was shooting yeah. floaters. Like it was, it was clear that he, uh, he was just trying to get back into it. But like he still played well. I think he finished with 16 points in less than 24 minutes. Like they're dangerous, man. And they, the thing we were talking about right before the show is they went 10 deep yesterday. They didn't play Jonathan Kaminga, and they didn't play Moses Moody. Moody hasn't played as much in the rotation, but Kaminga has been like a full-year rotation piece for them. 
And Steve Kerr was like, I'm going to roll with Iguodala and Otto Porter. Rightfully so, like the veteran presence, like you, they're going to be more consistent, you know. And they went 10 deep yesterday. It's like how many teams in the NBA can go 10 deep? And like it's a good 10 deep. Like they're going 10 deep and it's not like, oh, there's a weak link out there. Like they went 10 deep and you're like, yeah, they probably could have went 12 if they really wanted to. So that that's what scares me with Golden State. They're just – they are so good um, when they're healthy. And if they stay healthy, they're going to be real tough in the playoffs. Dude, I'm I'm watching it, and I wanna I, I'm trying to temper my my expectations because like you know it's, it's day it's day one of the playoffs, and like I I love the overreaction. Where it's like oh yeah, like they 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 just beat up on Denver. I'm throwing the money on the future. I, I love it, but like it's Denver, and and yeah. so like I want to see I want to see them, you know, and it's like they don't have to prove themselves. They're, they're the Warriors, but but like I want to see I want to see what happens if they play kind of. A little bit more competent team than, mm-hmm. than than Denver, but that was so that was last night. That's how last night ended. We have a full slate of games today. All of them are, are fantastic. Uh, so we're gonna start in the East uh, once again. This game is gonna tip off in a little bit under an hour and forty five minutes. We got Hawks Heat from South Beach, right? Heat were minus six and a half. They're now they're now minus seven. Clint Capella is obviously gonna be out. John Collins see, is in though, which is good. That's which is, big. Which, which is very big, very big. Do you see Atlanta having a chance in this game? I quick answer, no. I um I bet <laughs> Miami minus six and a half last night. And um for those of you who've been following us over at Betside, I've been on this trend all year. Atlanta's 0-39 against the spread when it loses. So I think Miami's gonna win game one. And so I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bother putting money on the Hawks to cover because they, they don't when they lose. Um, so that, that's like my, that's my, my bet in this game is I, I took the heat minus six and a half. I just think Atlanta off these last two games, like you had to play the play in games, the nine, 10 plan is a little bit of a disadvantage because you only get the one day off to prepare. I mean, you knew you were playing Miami before, I guess, but like you only get the one day off. They had to play two games last week. Miami's well-rested, which is probably a good thing for them because they've been banged up all year. And uh, just the Heat go, the Heat are a deep team. Like we talk about how deep the Warriors are. Like Miami, they, they're really deep. And now that Oladipo's back, not that he's you know All Star Oladipo, but he gives you a little bit more of a bench presence if you need more scoring. Like you could go to him or Gabe Vincent, depending upon matchups, whatever you want to do. Um, and then obviously you know Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Max Struess. Like then I didn't even mention Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry. Like they they are deep as hell. And, they have a good defensive team. They're top five in the league in defense. I can see Atlanta staying, hanging around because I just think Trey Young is just – he's that good. But no Capella – like Bam might dominate this game because Okongwu is a very good defensive player. I actually like him more than Capella. I wish they would start him. The issue is is when he goes to the bench, Gorgie Dang is not checking Bam out of bio. I don't care. Like this, that's just not going to work. So if John Collins, I can't see him giving them more than 20 minutes. He hasn't played in a minute. He's still hurt. Like he's playing through the injury. I, I just don't know in the front court, like if they'll be able to stop Bam, if Jimmy gets downhill, like I just don't think they have the bodies there. Um, and Miami at home is just, they're, they're really good at home. So I, I like laying the points with the heat here, but I don't, I said yesterday, like, I don't think this is going to be like a sweep, but I just, I just don't see it for Atlanta in game one. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it today either. Because if you look at the two playing games, so they go, they're at home against Charlotte, who doesn't play a lick of defense. Mm-hmm. And then and then against Cleveland, you're able to come back because 
as great as as great as as Cleveland has been all season long, as good as they've been, we and we we said this yesterday. They have like one offensive engine in Garland, and so if Garland isn't doing everything, if he starts to decline by any stretch, Atlanta was able to to fight their way back. Obviously, Trey Young was spectacular, but it's really like they have one engine, and then that's mm-hmm. it. You have Jimmy Butler, you have Tyler Hero, you have Kyle Lowry on the other side, and like you said, a top five defensive team. So there, I don't, I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of those points, especially if Miami comes out and punches them in the mouth. I don't mm-hmm. think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Atlanta to jump back into this game and say, "Oh, well, we can attack them here. We can attack them here." The rim protection isn't necessarily going to be there without Capella, and and so. I don't maybe McMillan makes an adjustment, but that's more of a game two kind of thing. Yeah. And Miami's won three out of the four games this season. Um, They they won the last one very closely. And I think it went Miami won the first two, Atlanta won, and then Miami won, won the last game. So it's I think Atlanta, if anything, they'll keep it close for the first half. I just don't think they have enough to pull to keep it close for the entire game. Yeah, I I like I I agree. I think that the thing with Atlanta and Miami, like the Cavs, like big, like the Cavs are a slightly worse defensive Miami team. Like they play very similarly. They play like slow pace, try and like muck it up on defense. The difference is, I think Miami matches up better with Atlanta. Like the Cavs were playing Markinen, Allen, Mobley, and like we talk about the Hawks, like their wings between Bogey and DeAndre Hunter and Gallinari. Like those aren't great matchups for any of those guys. They're going to take them off the perimeter. And Obviously, Mobley and Allen are great defenders, but it's it's not the exact matchup you want. Like PJ Tucker is going to have whoever, like Jimmy Butler is going to match up with whoever, like however they want to like match up. Like they have a bunch of really really good defenders, and then you just have Bam as the five, and it's like yeah, when they when the Hawks try to adjust, if they try to go small, like Miami can counter that very easily. Um, I just think like if Miami plays this game the way they want to, they're twenty eighth in pace this year. If they slow this game down. I just don't see a scenario where like Atlanta's offense is like overpowering them. Like I think the Heat are just going to be too good, especially since Capella's out. Like they're going to be shorthanded in the front court. It's just not. It's just not a good matchup. I think going in after having to play two games in the last four days too. Yeah, I think I think the only way that Atlanta gets it is if they is if what happens last year happens this year where they just catch fire from three and three, they just yeah. they, they they just they just can't miss. Right, because that that's the only that's the only way that they got through that they got through Philly. Um, obviously, the the Knicks series was and the Knicks too, though they couldn't miss against the Knicks. I mean, well, they would have beat them probably anyway. But like, yeah, because the, the the Knicks had no offense. Exactly. Right? And like if Randall was being doubled, they can't do anything. We don't need to go on a, on the Knicks because <laughs> I know I know you and I can for sure turn build the rest of this time when Knicks talk. But let's. I guess let's move on to the other New York basketball team, right? This is going to be the, the fighting the matchup. Reed Wallachs. Yeah, the, the <laughs> fighting Reed Wallachs. This is going to be the matchup of the first round with Brooklyn and Boston. Boston is a four-point favorite today in game one at home. You were saying before that Reed has kind of talked you into, like, just going all in on the nets. Do you feel that way in game one? Yeah, he's the Reed's been uh he's been brainwashing me via Slack message, text message, Twitter, whatever it is, with all these positive net stats. Um, and I I but I I ended up not making a pick on this game. I just really don't like four points. I just really could see it go either way. Brooklyn's defense has been better the past like month or so, 
And uh, but obviously we know Boston's got the number one defense in the league. I just the thing that I keep coming back to is the Nets played like the perfect game against the Cavs in the play-in, and they couldn't run away with it. And like that's been their mo all year. Like they don't run away with games, but like the Cavs are much worse than the Celtics. And like KD was perfect. Kyrie didn't miss a shot for like three quarters. Bruce Brown nearly had a triple double, and they won by eight. And so that makes me nervous against this Boston team. Like, even without Robert Williams, the Celtics are going to switch everything. The thing I've noticed in this game, I want to get your take on this. If if the starting lineups, if both coaches want to stick with their normal starting lineups, so the Nets go Kyrie, Seth Curry, Durant, Bruce Brown, and either Drummond or Claxton. The Celtics go Smart, Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, Horford, and Tice. If you look at, like, how you match up, where who does Seth Curry play? Like, do the Nets have to play zone? Because, like, if you match it up, like, you either have to put Seth Curry or Kyrie on, like, Jalen Brown, which is a horrendous matchup if you're the Nets. And if you're also the Celtics, if that's the case, you're just going to hunt Seth every single time. So I'm very intrigued matchups-wise this series going forward, how these two coaches adjust. Is Steve Nash going to try and make Ami Udoka play small? Is it going to be vice versa? I really don't know like what the Nets necessarily like go to is like, I guess you go Kessler Edwards maybe a little bit more, but at the same time, I feel like if that's the Celtics, like if they have to play Kessler Edwards, that's a win for us. Like that's who we want on the floor. So intrigued to see how both coaches kind of play that matchup. As for a bet in this game, I took Marcus smart under 14 and a half points. Um, failed to get this line in nine of his last 11. Some of those games, Jason Tatum was out as well. And he's actually been taking more shots per game over that stretch than he has the whole season shooting under 40% over that stretch. He's averaging only 12.1 a game. The Nets are probably going to leave him a few times tonight and like dare him to make shots. I just 14 and a half. I don't think he, he scores 15 points in this game. Even if he's chugging, I just don't see it. That's that that's, that's good. And I, I like, I like the smart prop and the, what you talk about with the with the curry angle, that's that's very interesting. I think you just have to roll with it and kind of just eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that you would put Kyrie on Jalen Brown, and okay. I, I think you would put Kyrie on Jalen Brown and then put Seth on Marcus, and and kind of just roll with that because with Kyrie, and I don't want to sit here and act like Kyrie's some defensive stopper, right? But he's gotten better as a defender throughout his career. And he's not as much of a liability. And so if it's it's going to happen anyways, it's it's going to happen anyways in terms of like Boston going out and hunting whatever matchup that they want. So if you I think if you start off with Kyrie on Brown and you just put yourself in that position early, it allows you to then create, you know, create the matchup that you want behind Kyrie. Mm hmm. Or, or behind Curry. And so then it's like, okay, well, Kyrie, go out and, and do your best. But just know, if if Jalen does get you, we're already going to be prepared for that rather than starting him on smart and then you get switches and then now everybody's out of out of position and yeah. people are scrambling. So I, I think th- I think that's, that's the way to go. In terms of a bet, I think Reed's propaganda has gotten to me as well. I was, thi- <laughs> I was this close, this close to picking Boston in this series. Because of uh, because of what you know, the fact that Brooklyn can't close out games or that they can't hold leads, it kind of does scare me, especially with the team with somebody as good as Tatum and Brown. But I, I just couldn't pick against KD. 
I couldn't yeah, I couldn't pick against KD and Kyrie. Like the the first three quarters of what we saw in the playing game, where Kyrie's going for thirty and KD is KD's an afterthought, and it's Kevin yeah. Durant. Yeah. And this is I mean this is like the this is the greatness of, of Durant and that he could just be the greatest you know the greatest wingman of all time in, in spots. I just think that Brooklyn has too much high end scoring for. I would take I, I'm taking Kevin Durant and Kyrie at the scoring duo over Tatum and Brown every day of the week, yeah. and so I just I, I just have to lean there. So for today, I think I, I'm gonna lean Brooklyn plus four. Um, I think they I think they they keep it close. Boston is 18 21 and two um, at home this year against the spread. So I mean, it's not like a terrible home home record. They're not like the Nets at home. Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> but I think I, but I think coming off, I think I think coming off a really good game against Cleveland, Brooklyn is kind of figuring out. Okay, this this how we're we're gonna go, and so I'm expecting them to go on at least one ma- major run and keep the game close from there. Yeah, you know? I I don't hate that play at all. I really just <clears throat> I didn't know like if I could really pick a side. I think the Nets do the same thing to the Celtics that we talked about with with what like the. Celtics could do the Nets. Like I, I'm sure they're just gonna hunt Tice and pick and roll until Udoka takes him out. Like yeah. So it's it, it's going to be an interesting interesting series. But like if you like you said, if you had to tell me, I'm picking between Kevin Durant or anybody else. I'm taking the team that has Kevin Durant. Like that's yeah. just the way it works. Like at, at, at the end at the end of the day, like in the playoffs, stars matter, and the Nets have the star power in this one. And so Bruce, if Bruce Brown and Seth Curry can can do a couple things to support him. I think I think it'll be okay. If we want to talk about star power, this next series, right? We go to the Bulls and the and the Bucks, and this this line is so interesting to me because this is the three six matchup, mm-hmm. right? This is the three six matchup, and the only other game that is minus ten and a half is Suns Pelicans, and they are literally treat like. The way that the bull season has flipped this year yeah. is insane. They're getting treated like an eight seed, Peter. They like, or not even like a nine seed. Yeah. Like a no. Wait, where the Pelicans? Yeah, yeah the Pelicans, Pelicans are nine. Are nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're getting treated like like a nine seed. I I'm taking the Bucks minus ten and a half. I don't think that Chicago has anything for them. I think that they've shown all year they can't handle like actually good basketball teams. They have no answer for Giannis. This might be this might be like a 35 point Giannis performance and I don't think Chicago will do anything. How, yeah, how do you, how do you see this? I I don't I don't know how Chicago matches up defensively. Like they have nothing for Giannis like Vooch is going to get played off the floor of points almost because they're just going to, I don't, I like, I genuinely don't know what they do like the, defensively. And you look at the bulls over their last 10 to their 26th in um, offensive rating and 28th in defensive rating. That's like one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like they stink. They were yeah. seven and 15 after the all-star break. Like, I mean, it, it's, they, they're not good right now. Losing Lonzo ball has like killed them on both ends of the floor. Like he facilitated the offense. They don't have him as that lead guard defender. And like the difference in the beginning of the year, when Lonzo Caruso, Levine and DeRozan all were healthy, you were able to switch everything like one through three, who depending upon whoever was in the game. And like, it made them really tough. And like, I, I hate to use the Knicks as an example, but like when they played the Knicks, 
they were throwing like a different defender at Julius Randle every game. And then they were doing that against other teams too, where like it would be like they would throw Lonzo one possession, then Crusoe the next possession, then DeMar the next possession. Like, I mean, one, you keep your guys fresh, and two, like the other team is just like, holy crap, like what are we going to do? They're going to double sometimes. They won't double. They'll play them straight up. Like they got faster, quicker guys. They just don't have that. Like it, it's just not there anymore. Bucks have way too much firepower offensively in this matchup. I mean, both you and I think the Bucks are going to the finals again. So that's like not even – we're on the same page. I haven't bet this game. I'm saving my my actual bet in this game for best bets. But uh, I haven't bet this this game the full game. But I would definitely lean Bucks 10.5. I was hoping it would get down to 10 or 9.5 uh, because I just – the double digits is a little – it's a little daunting. Like it's you scary, said, it's yeah. a 3-6 matchup. Like you just don't expect it to be a blowout. But then again – Saw the Warriors last night smoke the the Nuggets in a three six matchup. So Milwaukee is far and away the better team here, and the Bulls just haven't they haven't beaten anybody who has been in the top eight in the league this year standings wise. So yeah, this is I feel bad for Bulls fans because like you got the taste of like oh this team could be really good and they've faded so much. It's like yeah they're gonna be one like they're not going anywhere. They're gonna be one and done. They might might get a game like. I don't know. It's going to be weird. This this is going to this is this is the most lopsided matchup I think of the day for sure. Yeah, and listen, we're we're, we're going to check it on 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 Ben Heisler later and see how yeah. see how he's doing because his his Bulls are going to get smoked. I don't I don't know if they win a game. I think my two sweeps would have been this one and then yesterday. I thought Memphis was going to sweep Minnesota. That obviously didn't happen, um, but. I just like 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 you said, defensively, where do they go? Because DeRozan on DeRozan on Giannis is not a good thing. Yeah, no. Levine can't hold him. Vucevic is gonna look like a child against Giannis. I I, I just think or that this Patrick is gonna, Williams, man. <laughs> They're gonna throw Patrick Williams to the wolves, and I just you have to, you have yeah. to. This, I, honestly, that's literally the only chance that you have. It's either that or you play a zone. For mm. for this entire series, and that's 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 honestly the only chance that you get is like you know what we're just not going to guard you one on one, and see if you can break whatever zone, and we're not going to put our guys in positions to get blown by every single time, and you're going to have to be a little bit more methodical yeah. to to do it. That's the only way that I see them having a chance in this series. I don't, but if I'm being realistic, I don't think they have. I think they have zero chance of winning this series. Yeah, I, I, I don't it's, disagree. It's I think we talk about like teams' death lineups a lot. Like, what's what's their closing lineup? Who are they going to go to? Like the Warriors. Like yesterday, they showed it's going to be Steph, Clay, Draymond, um, Poole, and Wiggins, and like that's a tough lineup. The Bucks, their best lineup is when Bobby Portis is the five, and you go Holiday, Middleton, one of Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton, probably Giannis and Bobby Portis. Yeah, and like the Bulls personnel just plays perfectly into the Bucks plan. Like they don't have to play Brooke Lopez because Bobby P can hang with Vucevic well enough where it's like, they're playing like four other guards basically around him. So you're not playing a team that's like, Hey, we're going to go like, if they played like the Hawks, for example, where we're going to go compel it and John Collins, it's like, yeah, you probably need a little bit more Brooke Lopez out there on the floor. Just like, so Giannis isn't feeling like he's got to always be in the paint. You want him mm-hmm. to be able to kind of roam and play that, that free safety role on defense. So this, I feel like, if you're the Bulls you're, or if you're the Bucks, you're like, we're going to play our lineup. We're going to play Bobby P a ton of minutes. And like, if they do go zone, you can spread, you can spread the floor. You'd put Giannis in the middle and you just say, okay, 
Middleton, Drew, Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis. Like we will, you can dare us to make shots. We got a bunch of guys who shoot 35 plus percent from three. Like sure. So I just don't think there's any counter for the Bulls in this series other than like DeMar goes nuclear every game. And like he did that for half the season and they still ended up with a six seed. So I just don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I, listen, I think we're both on the same side here. I, Chicago, we're, we're sorry. You have no chance to, <laughs> to win the series. Um, it's not our fault. You know, everybody got hurt. But so the, the last game of the night, also minus 10 and a half spread. You got the number one seed, Phoenix Suns, your eventual champions. Yes. versus versus the, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm I'm interested in this. I'm interested in, in this game a lot because I, I think both of us thought that this game was going to be Suns Clippers. Yeah. And, I wish it was Suns Clippers. <laughs> yeah. It, it, both of us were thinking it's going to be Suns Clippers. We get the pivot until it's Pelicans now. And can CJ McCollum have another first half the way that he did in the playing is Brandon Ingram? I'm very excited to see Brandon Ingram like on on the stage and keep doing what he's doing. Where do they go from here? And do you think that they're going to be able to get a game against Phoenix? I don't know if they're going to be able to get a game. If I'm if I'm the the Pelicans, I think they got to run offense through Brandon Ingram. I know CJ had a great game in that against the Spurs in that first playing game, but he was not good against the Clippers. And Brandon Ingram was solid in both. They almost they blew that lead against the Clippers because they stopped going to Brandon Ingram because they were doubling him. It's like, you just got to keep going. He couldn't miss. He started 9 of 10. Like, he is their best player. I don't think, like, you can make the argument for CJ, but I just, I think it, it's very clear Brandon Ingram is the best player. So, he's got, and he's also the biggest mismatch for Phoenix. Like, he's probably going to draw Mikhail Bridges, but, like, he does have the size advantage there. So it's it's not the greatest match in the world. Mikhail Bridges is probably all defensive first team this year. But like you could exploit that. I don't know how much you can exploit CJ on anybody, just like size wise. I don't really think like it's like they have like if they wanted to put Mikhail on CJ, like that's a great matchup for the Suns. They will take that. So um I I could see the Suns covering this just because they've been so good at home this year. I believe they're 32 and 9 um straight up and they win by like an average of nine points per game at home so obviously like this is they they are the better team they're the best team in in the nba right now but pelicans intrigue me their offense looked a lot better and they have some really good defenders like they can throw herb jones at devin booker which will be interesting so i think the pels could maybe steal a game at home and like i mean i don't think zion's coming back but if zion came back it would change a lot of things um but yeah I, I i just think tonight is like the sun i think the suns win tonight i'm just not sure if they cover um so i'll talk about my best bet for this game too after about want to hear what you yeah. have to say so i i don't think they cover tonight okay. I, I i don't think that happens i think that ingram although i think i think one of the two is going to go off whoever mikhail bridges is not guarding will have a, a good game um and i I agree with you. I think Bridges is going to start out on Ingram and you're going to have McCullum, you know, just, just be able to, to do what he does. And one of the things I thought was interesting in the playing is when McCullum had that great game, he actually had a great first half, right? Like the second half, he tailed off. He went like 2-4-11 in the second half, had, had about five points. Most of his work was in the first half. I think he can do that again and because – 
So what's what's going to happen is I I think that Phoenix is going to come out and they're going to punch him in the mouth, and and New Orleans is going to have to battle back. But CJ and what CJ's role on this team is going to have to be is he's going to have to be that veteran scorer who understands like hey this game is going to have ups and downs and mm. we're going to have to just like they're going to make a run we're going to make a run and we're going to be able to to keep it close. So I think that he's going to be able, especially if Mikhail's not on him, I think that he'll be able to, to make a couple shots. Um, I want to see how fast New Orleans can play, though. Yeah. I, I want to I see, because if they can actually get up and down and just start creating more possessions and more opportunities for themselves, then I, I think that, that'll work. I, obviously, Chris Paul is going to control the pace of, the, of this game to the T. Right, he's he's gonna he's gonna make sure that this game goes exactly how he wants it, and so especially like in a playoff setting, you're gonna see Chris Paul be a little bit more like decisive. Devin Booker is gonna start doing his you know his Kobe impression, his little ISO, and the game might slow down on their end. If if Ingram if Ingram can get up and down the the floor, they can start throwing lobs to Jackson Hayes. Right, see if we can get some some energy plays that way. I think that's going to be the only chance that they get to getting a game. But 10 and a half is a bit much. The Suns were 19 and 22 against the spread at home this year. Okay. Which is actually kind of surprising considering. Yeah, I thought they would have been better than that. Yeah, considering how just how great of a team that they were, um, especially at home. So I, I, think, I think New Orleans might have enough to, to get by today. And – and I think you, I think you saw this, and it's a different situation because you had somebody get hurt. But yesterday in that Utah, in the Utah Dallas game, that was that was a situation where you thought, you thought that hey, this Dallas team with no with no Luca might just get ran off the floor, and that points it looked like that. But you just see the 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 playoff element coming into it, mm-hmm. and now it's like people start to play above their above their the normal pay grade. And so yeah. I think I think New Orleans will have a little bit of that today. I think that that's a good, really good point. I think that the thing for New Orleans it's going to it's going to have to come down to is like Willie Green, we saw he tried to make the adjustment when Tyron Lue went small. He took Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas out of the game. Like Suns stick with their normal starting lineup. It's small. Like Jay Crowder is technically their four. Like they'll have Aiton in there. So like I wonder if he rolls with Jackson Hayes and just says we're going to try and kill him on the glass or if he's going to go to, you know, Trey Murphy maybe cuz he had a really good game in the plan a little bit more and have him play like a small ball four. That is what I'm intrigued cuz this is a good coaching matchup again too. Like Willie Green has really turned this team around and then you have, you know, Monty Williams on the other side, the coach of the year. So um we know Phoenix is going to play the way they want to play. Like they're not going to adjust I don't think to anything the Pelicans do in terms of like changing their lineup around. Like they're going to start their guys. They're going to bring Cam Johnson off the bench. They're going to like they're going to play their game. I'm very intrigued to see if it doesn't work for the Pels early, how Willie Green adjusts. Like, does he go to Tony Snell again? Like, I don't know if he can – I don't know if you can, like, after how bad he was in the play So, that's going to be interesting to me. Um, you mentioned Devin Booker going ISO. I'm taking Devin Booker over 36.5 points, rebounds, and assists is my best bet in this game. Uh, cleared this line in nine, 11 of his last 14 games. It's just scoring the ball a ton. He's basically putting up 30 almost every single night. And the Pelicans over their last – Oh, 10 games, they're 20th in defensive rating, which is kind of surprising because their defense is kind of what got them back in the, the playing conversation. Yeah. Um, but like we said, with CJ on the floor now, 
you're just not nearly as good of a defensive team from the top. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. Devin Booker probably draws Herb Jones, which I don't love, but I also just like it's Devin Booker. Like we're talking, it's like similar to saying like, oh well, Kevin Durant's gonna if he was gonna draw somebody like oh Kevin Durant's drawing Mikael Bridges tonight. It's like yeah, but it's Kevin Durant. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna give D Book the benefit of the doubt. I think if he needs to, he's shown this entire season he can create for his teammates as well. I think he's really taken a step as a playmaker. So 36 and a half points, rebounds, assists. He might get there on points alone if he has a really good game. So I love it at that number. That that line that line is very, very interesting. And I I 100% agree with what you said in terms of like it's, it's Devin Booker. You, yeah. you know, like I think I think sometimes we may get caught up in like, oh, like they have this defense, they have this defense. Sometimes you just, you just have to look at a guy and be like, he's him. Like yeah. he's, he's that guy. And so <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Tony Snell, complete pivot. I need one thing from Tony Snell. I need him to play as many minutes as possible and get zero stats. Zero stats. He had my, zero stats on the play. It was only nine my, minutes, or it was only like four minutes, though. <laughs> bro, my favorite thing is whenever, like, you go on Twitter and, like, if somebody did something, like, stupid or, or whatever, they'll post the, the meme of Tony Snell, and it's, like, 28 minutes, no points, rebounds, assists, five fouls, something like that. Just something just stupid and ignorant. It's so – it's so funny, and I, I need Tony Snow to just keep giving me those moments. <laughs> and that, that's all I need. All right. We got we got a little bit of time left here. Let's let's get to our best bets of the day. You've you've had you've had a lot of a lot of your best bets for each of this game. Which one is your favorite for day two of the NBA playoffs? Yes, sir. So yesterday I was two and two. I've been betting every game in the play-ins in the playoffs. So right now I'm seven and three since the play-in started. Two and two yesterday, missed on the Raptors and the under in the uh, Wolves Grizzlies game, which I gave out as my best bet yesterday. So that's tough. Don't don't love that. Should have given out a different one. But my best bet today, this one I really love. It's the Bucks first half spread minus five and a half. Um, Milwaukee's just been really good in first halves of games this year. They're plus four in the first half overall throughout the eighty-two game regular season, and at home they're plus five point eight points in the first half. They've also gone 46 and 36 against the spread in the first half this year. So very solid team. We talked about how like they can just run this Bulls team off the floor. They beat up on the Bulls that they swept them during the regular season this year. And the Bulls have not been great in the first half, 39 and 43 against the spread. They're actually minus 0.2 points um, on average in the first half. So I think Milwaukee, like, I don't think this is a game where it's like, oh, they slug it out and Milwaukee takes control down the stretch. Like, I think this is a game like Milwaukee is pretty much in control the entire game. I just – I don't think Chicago defensively, like I said, 28th in defensive rating over their last 10 games. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. Like, if you look at the advanced numbers, they're playing horribly. So, yeah, they got the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, but they're just not playing well enough. So, I think the Bucks handle them pretty easily. And I, I, I like the first half line more than the, the full game. Like, five and a half in the first half. I can deal with that 10 and a half at the end of the game. We saw it at the end of some of the last games yesterday. Like everybody's playing to the buzzer. So like you might get that sneaky backdoor cover. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to deal with that. I'll, I'll go with the first half. Yeah. Uh, listen, Chicago got the six seed because they fell because yeah. they, they, they fell. Right. It wasn't like, Oh, we powered through the season. Like they, they started to suck. And so they fell. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this game, but I'm actually going to take the line that you don't like. And so I'm gonna take Bucks minus ten and <laughs> minus ten and a half. I, bro, Chicago just has nothing for them. I don't know, like, I, I, there's just no other way for me to say it. 
there's I don't think that Chicago has anything to do. I don't think that there's an adjustment that they can make that can stop that can stop Milwaukee. I if Giannis is there and he's healthy, and even if he's not, like if something crazy were to happen, knock on wood, but like if if Giannis weren't even if Giannis weren't in the series, I would still pick Milwaukee to win. Right? I would I would still pick them to beat Chicago because they just don't know what to do. And when you add the fact that it's Giannis and Tenacumpo, and now that now that Brooke Lopez is, is back, they've been playing with Bobby P, they either they either say we're gonna kill you on offense with our death lineup, or we're gonna put Brooke Lopez back in the middle and we're gonna let Giannis play his like natural defensive position mm-hmm. and just let him roam and go. And if there's nobody in the paint to stop him, if there's if there's if you don't have the capabilities to form a wall and force him to take jumpers, I don't see, I don't see how you can keep this this game close. So, they've beaten them by double digits several times this year. Yeah, I think it happens again. Um, hopefully, today goes much much better than yesterday, because I was over for yesterday. Had the, <laughs> had the Jazz, had the Jazz. Hit, hit a little backdoor cover because of free throws. Yeah, that was and tough, dude. You were you got, you called that game five yesterday. and a half. You called it, and it went exactly how you wanted to. And then the very end, the two free throws, and it was just like, man, killed me, killed me. I was praying, I was legit praying for overtime, um, because I want I wanted Dallas to just get another chance to just keep it a little bit close. But so that game, that game failed me. Obviously, Memphis lost, Toronto lost. And then Denver couldn't stay on the floor. So we did not start off great, right? <laughs> we we did not start off great. But bounce it back. We're both of us on locks only, you know, locks only. That's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping today. Exactly. But that's that's all for us today. We'll be back on, you know, I guess next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, when the when the first round continues. Remember our new time, eleven AM Eastern, ten AM Central. 8 a.m. Pacific time if you are up early. Thank you guys for, for rocking with us this week. And may all your bets hit. And we will see you guys next time.